That's a pterodactyl. That's my Atrex. Say hello again, Hendrix. You're such a pleasant, pleasant hello. Okay. That's my boy. <laughs> my little H-Rex. Mommy's little Rexy boy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. I am Douglas Hainer. And I'm Jamie Otis Hainer. And you're guaranteed to hear Hendrix, who is our dinosaur, in the background. <laughs> He's our little H-Rex boy. Because we have no choice but to record this podcast now and he has to be here. Yeah, this is the parent life, and you guys know we're just raw and real anyways. So H-Rex is coming in as a special guest. It wasn't intended, <laughs> but here he is. You get to oh my be God. Uh, blessed with his noises. And we... <laughs> ay, ay, ay. I and think he's trying to poop. I mean, you would think that we were torturing our kiddo, but <laughs> it's just how he talks. It does. It sounds like he's a screeching animal. But um, That's my HREX boy. We actually have a fantastic guest on today. Oh my goodness. I absolutely love her. Before we spoil that though, I just wanted to give a, a huge shout out to our five-star reviewer. Yes. And this one says, amazing. This is Heather from Utah. I love this podcast. You guys are so relatable. I just want to hang out and be best friends with you. Let's do it then, girl. I have a three-year-old daughter and a daughter that turned one last week. Congrats. I also had a miscarriage in between the two right around the same time as Jamie. Listening to your podcast about miscarriage and your feelings about it was literally how I felt. Thanks for being so real and vulnerable on this podcast. This is by far my favorite podcast. Love you guys. Well, you're a big, big winner, and thank yeah. you so much for you know just taking the time out to leave the five star review. But we are telling you, we are on the brink of our hundredth episode of yes. Hot Marriage School Parents, and yeah. we wanted to like just give a random giveaway, like just a shout back, like a shout back, a shout back. <laughs> no, but yes. just like a way to kind of give back and say thank you so much for hanging in. Whether you're new, you've been with us for you know I've yeah. only been doing this for a year but <laughs> either way if you know we just wanted to say thank you and bless you so each episode leading up to our 100th we're going to pick out a winner that leaves a five-star review it will be at random saying something nice about Doug is always a great way to get <laughs> saying that noticed. your favorite is Jamie is totally <laughs> fine <laughs> but no this week's winner is Heather from Utah so congratulations, Heather. You are our winner. I hope you enjoy. And for this week's winner, we're going to be, or the giveaway in general, we're going to be hosting it over on the Instagram page. So just check out Hot Marriage Cool Parents. You don't have to follow or anything like that. But if you wanted to uh, leave a five-star review and then let us know via our Instagram page, then that's how we're going to find you yes. and let you know that you are the winner. And Heather from Utah, DM us on Instagram on the Hot Marriage Cool Parents handle. So for Thanksgiving, we had decided, and we decided this a while ago, that we were going to go back to New Jersey. And I got to say, we've been in Florida now for about a month or two months, right? It's Something been like, like that. almost three months now. Really? Yeah. Well, I missed home. I didn't realize how much I loved our New Jersey house until I actually stepped foot in the New Jersey house. Yeah, I've honestly never felt like any place has been my home. I can't quite explain that, but like, you know, I grew up as many of you know, in different trailer parks. I mean, we moved every year, if not faster. I mean, we were just moving all the time. So nothing ever felt like home per se. Like I never the had true, my bedroom. True definition of a mobile home. Yeah. Except the mobile homes weren't mobile. We were just the ones that were mobile. <laughs> 
But uh, I never, ever have ever felt like anything has been home, like not even my New York City apartment. Well, the trailer I bought with my sisters did feel like home, actually. So aside from that, I've not like for a very long time, like even our first home in Parlin together, that didn't feel like home. My New York City apartment together didn't feel like home. I think renting versus actually owning or leasing, I think, has a big thing to do with that. That's true, because I owned my trailer with my sisters, and that really did make it feel like home. But we were coming home for a week, and... We wanted to get together for Thanksgiving. We were keeping it small. It was just going to be immediate family. You know, like, usually we meet with a bunch of people for Thanksgiving, like many people do. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately... This was canceled. Yeah. (laughs) Ours was canceled. Yeah, because there was a potential brush with COVID and we weren't sure. So, you know, I think the responsible thing to do is to obviously treat it as if you have been exposed to it. And it wasn't Doug and I, we weren't exposed. We've been fine, but it was just my sister-in-law. Her friend ended up testing positive and it's not like they were like all over each other, but you know, they had been at an outside get together. And so even though they weren't even next to each other, you still have to treat that as if you never know, you know? And so I got to test before we went home. Yeah. We told them all about that. And yeah, we got tested just to make sure that we weren't, we quarantined the whole nine yards. And so so did our family. But anyways, mm-hmm. everything was really canceled. We went home and Doug- We ended up improvising and we cooked at our house. We had- Yeah, my, and we're my not parents, cooks. Yeah, my parents came over. My mom is immediately in tears. You know, because we haven't seen my parents in so long, we knew that we were going to have them over just so they could see Hendrix and see Henley and- just trying to be as safe as possible. Yeah, they and- had been quarantining in New Jersey. And then we figured if we quarantine in Florida and then take a test and then stay three days without seeing anybody, at least that's like the minimum for the incubation mm-hmm. period and take a test. And if we're all negative, then we could somewhat safely, I mean, we still weren't breathing on each other. We were still wearing masks mm-hmm. when when we weren't like eating, but um, we were like, we could somewhat safely be at least around each other. And so that's what we did. And that turned out to be great weather. So we were able to be outside, which also helped yeah. kind of keep the social distancing. And yeah, it turned out to be a great Thanksgiving. Definitely wasn't the same because it's just not everybody. the same. Yeah. yeah. But we are still obviously so thankful because we got this little dinosaur yeah. boy, our little H-Rex this year, and we didn't have him last year. <laughs> so that we had so much to be thankful for. And on that note, I feel like we should just bring our guest on, Doug, because I'm so excited about our guest today. Yeah. I have been on a mission to love myself like wholeheartedly postpartum. I mean, my body's not the same. It's not going to be the same. I just grew a human times two and I really have, you know, I have some losses and whatnot. And I'm honestly just the heaviest I've been ever in my life. But I am also like in some ways the happiest, but also struggling with postpartum depression. And anybody who struggled with postpartum depression, I feel like you get that enigma. Like you're like, I know like I am happy. Like the sensible me is so happy and thankful, but then like, for some reason, I can't get out of bed and I feel so depressed and, and you know it's wrong. You've like, been getting better. I have been getting better. But in any case, I've been on a mission to not let weight gain or my body image dictate how I feel because, quite frankly, like, I genuinely don't care. Like, I finally feel like I've almost, like, matured enough, I guess, or maybe, like, grew enough to just realize that, like, like my weight fluctuating does not define my self-worth. Yeah, which I, I think is well covered in the interview. And I think we should just bring on Kenzie Brenna. She's actually a self-love advocate and hosts her own podcast. So it was a fantastic interview, very inspiring interview, and can't wait to bring her on. So 
Yeah, like just real fast though, before we bring her on, I just wanted to give you guys listening a little feedback and also like trigger warnings, I guess, because sometimes people, you know, talking so much in depth about just like self-love and body positivity, it can bring out your own insecurities and like your own, you know, I don't know, maybe bad habits. And so just know that this is all coming from a place of just love. Like I just, I just want to be able to help so many more women feel just a true sense of love and connection with their own body. I mean, we get one life to live. We only have one body. And if we're the the biggest fans of ourselves, then we're going to feel it in our day to day. But if we're also like the ones like hating ourselves and pointing out our flaws and poking and prodding, you know, it's no wonder that we aren't happy. And so I guess I've realized that for myself and I started sharing on Instagram, just like, yes, I know I haven't lost the baby weight, but I don't care. I'm going to wear the bikini and hang out with my kids. And the amount of feedback that I have gotten was absolutely overwhelming. And it just showed me that I need to be more open about this journey myself. I mean, I'm definitely at the beginning of this journey. I wouldn't say I'm any sort of connoisseur, but I feel like I'm on this journey with so many other women. And if you're someone who wants to be on this journey, hang tight, girl, because I'm going to, I'm going to be super real and vulnerable as always, but I want to help us be able to encourage each other and support each other. And so I'm dabbling into like creating a course to try to help everybody learn how to become more body positive. But in the meantime, I'm going to be chatting with people on the Hot Marriage Cool Parents podcast. You know, I'm going to be sprinkling. (laughs) (laughs) He loves it. I'm going to be sprinkling in just a lot of content that's going to really like lift your spirits and make you feel good. Regardless if you're a size two or a size 20, we are all worthy of love. So without further ado. Even me. Yes, you too. Let's bring her on. All right, guys. So we have our glorious daughter joining us for this interview, but we also have Kenzie Brenna. She's a self-love advocate, host of the podcast Conversations with Kenzie. She's a fierce millennial speaker and influencer, and she's our guest today. Kenzie's podcast is all about mental health and self-love. The reason I fell in love with her on Instagram is because she radiates positivity, particularly concerning self-love and body positivity, and you know I am all about that. (laughs) Kenzie, thank you so much for taking the time out to come on and also So we were having a bit of technical difficulties earlier. So thank you for being so, I don't know, just like, like, I guess like living your message on Instagram, which is like, you know, self-love and maintaining positivity and all the things. Uh, Of course, Jamie, absolutely. I totally understand technical difficulties. I feel like 2020 is just one giant technical difficulty. So I feel like I've, everyone has to be a little bit flexible and patient this year and live in the unknown. I feel like this year has been about the unknown for so many people. So I'm really excited to chat with you today. And I really appreciated that intro. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, well, thank you. You are just such a breath of fresh air. Right off the bat, I wanted to ask you, what is your definition of body positivity? Because I feel like it's a very Mm. subjective term. Yes, the terminology is really important. And I love that we're starting off here because there's a lot of terms that don't necessarily mean the same things. So there's self-love, the love for your oneself and what that encompasses and all of that. There's self-care, the care that you do for your emotional, mental, physical well-being. There's body positivity, which is the uplifting of marginalized bodies. It doesn't literally translate to body positivity. It actually started out as 
a fat acceptance movement. So when I use the term fat, this is for your listeners. When I use the term fat, I'm not using it in a pejorative slur. It's a descriptor that is being taken back by that community. So body positivity is actually uplifting marginalized bodies. You know, we are talking about the ways that certain bodies are stigmatized over other bodies, the way that certain body parts are stigmatized over other bodies. And so body positivity is really this liberation of bodies. And then there's, you know, there's so many other terms, but that's basically where we want to start off is that self-love is, you know, for the individual, it's the ways that we can turn inward and the ways that we can love ourselves and body positivity is really more of like a collective movement, um, uplifting other bodies and making sure that we center voices that may have not had a voice in the past. And really at like the end of it, it's about like, you know, accessibility and also being bold and being brave with yourself, no matter like what's up against you. That is so beautiful. And thank you so much for giving such a thorough explanation for everyone, because I'm actually quite new to to all of this, but I've like mm-hmm. seen it and I'm inspired by it and I'm jumping on the bandwagon because every time I share anything that's quote unquote body positive, you know, I just can't tell you how many people reach out saying, thank you so much because you're making me feel more normal. Like whether it's mm-hmm. a postpartum weight loss yeah. or the struggle with it or, mm-hmm. you know, having cellulite because like God knows we all have cellulite, but yet every <laughs> magazine shows airbrushed legs. So when yeah. you see a dimple on your leg, you're like, oh, what? Am I normal? <laughs> yeah. And Kenzie, I, I don't know if you remember the first time that you were vulnerable and posted about body positivity online, but you mm-hmm. know, it took Jamie a really long time. And I would imagine it takes a lot of people a mm-hmm. long time to have the courage to put themselves out there in a way to allow people to, I mean, anytime you put something out there, it's allowing people to judge, but there's a way in posting it to where you're like, you know what? I'm happy with myself. This is what I look like. I'm not gonna try to be anything else. And the response was just overly tremendous and positive. I mean, you're always gonna have people that are gonna be haters or trolls or whatever they call Mm -hmm. them, but you know, it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable like that. And I wanted to Mm -hmm. see if you remember the first time that you really put it out there and what the response was. Mm, Yeah, great question, Doug. Oh my gosh, I could say so much about this. Hmm. So I actually started off my Instagram account as a weight loss accountability account. So I was losing weight. I had bought one of the, you know, very well-known online trainers. I bought one of their programs. And so I said, okay, I'm going to start a weight loss account online and that's where I'm going to be accountable. Flash forward, you know, I'm six to nine months in my weight loss account and I've lost a lot of weight and I'm losing weight. And eventually I get wind of the self-love and body positivity community. And that's like a whole journey of like an awakening, you could say. And I took my first photo about four years ago, three or four years ago now, which is so wild because it just goes by in the snap of a finger. I'm sure as parents, you totally understand that. And I ended up posting up a photo of, and and I was really in the headspace of like super diet culture, like, you know, thinness was goodness that you had to have a body that was free of imperfections, that your whole goal in life was to perfect your body. And if you weren't working on perfecting your body, then what were you really doing kind of thing? And so I took a photo of me in my sports bra and me in my leggings, just sitting down with my stretch marks and my rolls and 
that was it. And I posted it up because I was so inspired by the self-love and body positivity community. And I remember being so terrified and so scared. And then Doug, exactly like what you're saying, I just had this outpour of people saying like, me too, you know, me as well. Here I am. I see myself in you and that's what my body looks like too. And that's really like what was the catalyst of, oh my God, I can't go back. You know, once you go forward in that way, you truly cannot go back. And you're right, Doug, when you say like it takes people years to get there. It's very similar for men with the ways that we limit their emotional abilities. You know, it takes a lot for men to realize that it's actually normal and okay to cry and that we've stigmatized it so much. And so it would feel probably just as vulnerable for Doug to cry on camera or for for another guy to cry on camera. Maybe not. Maybe it's different. I know that everything exists in a spectrum, right? But um, no, I think you're hitting a point for sure. Yeah. For a lot of women, uh, women of all sorts, a lot of times we're taught that our worth lies in our bodies. And when we're taught that our worth lies in our bodies, and when we see every single day that these are the only bodies that are acceptable, and they're bodies that have been photoshopped, so they're not even real, they're bodies that only 2% of the population has, so good luck to 98% of us, right? and they're bodies that are usually white and cisgendered and thin and absolutely has no dent or flaw or whatever it is, who can fit in that space? And those people who fit in that space don't even fit in that space because now we have Photoshop. Exactly. And so, of course, it's going to take years to get there because we've been taught a lie. And when you're undoing that lie... It's a lie that's been taught to you for, you know, two decades or three decades or four decades. You know, there are women that are in their 50s and 60s and just realizing that it's okay to exist in the bodies that they have. So, yes, it takes forever. And that was my whole journey with it. But I'll end there because I could talk about it forever. Oh, my gosh. It's so inspiring. So you can talk about it forever. Well, speaking to that, was it something that prompted you to do it? Like everybody Mm -hmm. kind of has a reason for doing it the first time, just like anything. Mm -hmm. So was there a reason why you put it out there? Yeah. So I was in my weight loss journey. And for those of you who have gone through your own weight loss journey, when you start losing weight pretty consistently, like not even necessarily in a fast way, but just when your body is like losing a fair amount of weight, there is a famine response in your brain. Like your brain eventually catches up to, oh, we're losing weight and losing weight for thousands and thousands of years meant that we were starving. And so your body usually will hit a plateau where it stagnates. There's no more weight loss, even though that you technically could lose weight for some reason, your body stops. So my body started to plateau. I was you know, eating what my trainers recommended me to eat. And I was eating like a fair bit, but I was exercising so much and I hit a plateau and all of the bad stuff that I thought that I was curing with my weight loss started to come back. I started to hate myself again. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I stopped wanting to eat. I was exercising as a way of self-harming. I was not enjoying it at 
all. And mentally, I just crashed. And I kept saying to myself, why are you so mentally weak? Why is this so hard for you? Body, why can't you just do this thing? And so I was in the gym. I was bawling my eyes out in the bathroom. It was like not a hot moment whatsoever. And I ended up for some reason scrolling on Instagram as a way of distraction, of course. But I ended up searching up a hashtag and it was either self-confidence or self-acceptance or it was something like that. And for the first time I had seen people sitting and existing in bodies that look like mine and they weren't trying to hide it. They weren't flexing. They weren't posing. They were just existing. And when you see someone who is accepting of themselves and who loves themselves, it is so infectious. It is so contagious. And that planted a seed that has never stopped growing. So from there, from that bathroom, I went to the locker room, I got my stuff, I went home and I started consuming this content. And I just couldn't believe that people were doing this, that people were okay with their bodies and they weren't working to change them. That whole paradigm was shifting and was kind of crashing for me. And so that was the catalyst to me then taking the photo on on my phone and putting it up on Instagram and saying like, hey, I've been you know watching the self-love community and this is something that I'd like to try. And it's really scary and really vulnerable for me. And that was that. That is so incredibly just inspiring. And I feel like anybody who is listening, I feel like that gives them a great point of reference where to start anyways, if they're having trouble you know, learning to just really love and accept themselves. It's interesting that you say that it was on a hashtag on Instagram because I feel like Instagram is the culprit a lot of times mm-hmm. of these bad feelings that we have because there are so many filters and, you know, so many different ways to kind of like change the way you look. Like, I mean, I could literally have zero makeup on and just crawl out of bed, but I can go mm-hmm. pop a filter on my face and I can look like I just like spent two hours in the bathroom putting makeup on, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then when someone's looking at it on the other side, not knowing that it's just a filter per se, they may not know mm-hmm. that and they think, oh, she always looks so dumb and she always looks so put together. And it's like, actually, I just crawled out of bed and I'm just wearing a filter. Like, <laughs> and some people aren't as forward about that. And I like think that it's very important to be gentle on them as well, because it's just as gentle as you would be able with someone who is forward about their quote unquote imperfections and flaws. Because I feel like every single one of us are really struggling with insecurity and some sort of, I don't know, just, I guess like just insecurity is the best word because, mm-hmm. you know, like we're all trying to fit into that image that's been slapped in front of our face over and over and over and over again. I mean, it's still on the television. It's still in magazines. It's still all over Instagram. So Mm -hmm. every time we like, you know, open up our phone or watch a TV show, we see for the most part, you never really see cellulite. You never really see rolls. You never really see these very common normal bodies. You know, if they're bigger bodies, they're usually clothed, which is of course fine. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, it's sometimes it's just seeing it to be like, oh yeah, okay. So we do look the same, like when, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day. Um, I know that quarantine has been tough on everyone. And I've seen a lot of posts about, you know, people who are eating a lot more in quarantine and they're joking, mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting the COVID-19. What do you have to say to people that are struggling with their body image and weight as a result of the pandemic? Yeah. Um, hmm. It's interesting because for the first time, I would say globally, people are going through a weight gain. And for the first time, you know, more people than not are eating and being isolated and sitting inside. And so we're kind of globally facing the fact that, yeah, weight gain is inevitable, Like we just gain weight at certain parts of our life, you know, in certain moments. And 
There are people who have had the headspace of, you know, okay, screw it. I'm just going to embrace this. This is this time. And then for other people, it's been like really detrimental because maybe they have controlled their weight quite a bit. Maybe they're struggling with an eating disorder that they didn't really know that they had and access to the gym is limited. And so it's triggering a lot of stuff. So I would really say to be gentle during this time. We're in a pandemic. And the fact that we're in a pandemic, and for some of us, and this is a very hard dry pill that I'm about to say, we're in a pandemic where people are dying. And the thing that we're most worried about is whether or not we're gaining weight and whether or not we are lovable and acceptable because of that. That is very telling. Mm. And it's not to say that we cannot turn inward on ourselves and think about like, how is my health this week? Like truthfully, how is my sleep? How's my water intake? Am I getting stuff that's like, you know, a little bit nutritious for me? Am I able to take a walk? Like, I'm not saying that we can't look at ourselves and look at our health behaviors, but a lot of the time, like I would say in like 90% of the time when we gain weight, we're not looking at it from a place of, am I healthy or am I unhealthy? It's a place of, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, pardon me. Um, Holy crap. I have gained weight. Everybody's going to notice. What does this represent? And for a lot of people, weight gain represents not being lovable, not being acceptable. People thinking that you don't have willpower. People thinking that you have a moral or a virtue problem, you know, and so on. And so I would say that we're living in a pandemic right now. We're thousands of people a day are dying from something that we cannot yet control. And if gaining weight right now is something that's happening to you because of a pandemic, it is okay. You are okay. It is going to be okay. Nothing is wrong. Your body and your mind is reacting to living in a time of crisis. Be gentle on yourself. Be a friend to yourself. And just take a moment to just calm your nervous system down, know that it's okay, and that if people in your life don't love you because you gained weight, are they the people that you would really want around, truly? So I'll stop that there because I have 10,000 tips on how to deal with that, but that's like where I'd say, you know, be gentle, find ways to calm yourself down, acknowledge that people who judge other people for gaining weight are not the people that we want in our life and that you're going to be okay. You know, something I I feel like that's coming to the top of my mind, and it's not a question that I had thought of previously, but mm-hmm. what if that person, just especially because, you know, we just had Thanksgiving, it's the holiday season, it's going to be Christmas, and even though a lot of us are quarantining, so we're not seeing as much family, inevitably mm-hmm. you still see family, even if it is via the phone or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be, like Facebook messaging or FaceTiming or whatever. So what if... The person, because a lot of times the people who are judging you, and outwardly so, so the fact that you know it, are like mm. the people who are closest to you. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it could be your mom, it could be your grandma, it could be your aunt, and they're the ones who are making the comments because they think that they're doing it out of love. They say they're concerned about your health and you're getting so big. What do you say to somebody who they can't just cut that person out of their life? That's mm. their relative. 
before we get to that, I want to give a shout out to some of our sponsors and one linen fit, which we spoke about. This is an absolute game changer. I am so weirded out by corners of bed sheets that come up and Jamie somehow does it every single time she sleeps. <laughs> Her side is always up. Well, that's where linen fit comes in. There's a patented technology sewn into the head and foot, which makes linen fitted sheets the easiest ever to make your bed. They are guaranteed to fit any depth of mattress, any lifestyle, and more importantly, you're buying directly from linen fit. So there's no middleman. So it's going to be a little bit easier on your wallet. Yes, I absolutely love Linen Fit because not only do their sheets fit any mattress, they fit well and they really don't budge no matter what you do in your bed. I literally roll and toss and turn. But yeah, they just make making your bed so quick and easy and frustration free. It's a snug fit guarantee also, which is awesome because... I don't have time to struggle. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> and Linen Fit doesn't just stop at sheets. They offer blankets and mattress pads and a lot of high quality fabrics like flannel, microfiber, satin, and cotton. They also offer luxury cottons like Egyptian cotton. So yeah, if you're someone who hates just making your bed because it's just a pain in the neck, like let me promise you that Linen Fit makes it so much easier. And right now, Linen Fit is offering listeners of Hot Marriage Cool Parents 20% off their purchase site-wide at linenfit.com when they use the code Hot Marriage at checkout. That's linenfit.com, L-I-N-E-N-F-I-T.com, and use the code Hot Marriage at checkout for 20% off your entire purchase. Yeah. And speaking of bed sheets, when they get soiled and when they get dirty, Jamie, what do you use? I absolutely love drops, but I like it for so many reasons, not just because it's like super effective, but it's also, they're so eco-friendly. There's literally zero plastic with drops. And we like it because it's safe for kids. They have sensitive skin laundry detergent pods. They have baby pods. They're like the original pod, if you ask me. Yeah, dishwasher detergent pods, stain and odor or laundry detergent pods. It gets shipped right to your front door. It's not like heavy and bulky. It's just, I absolutely love it. Love drops. I mean, not only for the eco-friendly, there's no measure, there's no mess, they're lightweight detergents, so there's no spills. You know, you think plant-based ingredients and you think, I don't know if it's really going to clean, but let me tell you, their formulas are powerful. And it's safe for Hendrix. Yeah, it's well, it's safe for everybody involved, really. I mean, it's chlorine-free, color-safe bleach alternatives, safe for sensitive skin, and they have over 10,000 five-star reviews, which is what first made me want to try them. And if you're looking for alternatives for laundry detergent pods or dishwasher pods and you're looking for something more natural, definitely check out Drops. Drops delivers powerful cleaning from nature with plant and mineral-based formulas right to your door in low-waste cardboard packaging instead of plastic containers that end up in our oceans and landfills. And you can actually sign up for auto shipments to save even more. You can pause, you can skip, you can cancel anytime. It's super convenient. Let me talk about auto shipments because I'm not a big fan of getting like bombarded with auto shipments. So like being able to skip and cancel at any time is so important to me. So just wanted to let you know that if that's something important to you as well, they definitely have that in place as well. So you're not going to get bombarded with more detergent than you ever can use. Yeah, and if you want to try out Drops, you can visit drops.com slash hot marriage and use the code hot marriage for 25% off your first order. That's D-R-O-P-P-S dot com backslash hot marriage and use the code hot marriage for 25% off your first order. Drops.com backslash hot marriage. Use the code hot marriage. Awesome. Well, let's get back to Kenzie now because I'm living for this interview. 
Yes. So this is really, really, really tricky. And anyone who is in that space right now, it's so, so difficult to navigate. I just want to start off by saying I'm so sorry to those who have family members in their life who are close to them that do that small bit of abuse or they neglect you in certain ways, like commenting on your weight. You know, that's kind of like death by a thousand cuts where it doesn't seem like it is abusive. I know that that term means something different for everybody. And so I want to acknowledge that as well, but it is death by a thousand cuts because just every time that you go and see someone, if the first thing that they do is comment on your weight or on your body, they're constantly affirming that the first thing that they see about you is not this human who has a heart and a mind and dreams and hopes and goals. And that's who you are. They're not seeing that. What they're seeing is your appearance, which isn't who a person is. And so I understand that people can't cut people out, but I do understand that you can have uncomfortable conversations with people and you can plant seeds. And I know that all of that sucks. And I know that nobody wants to have uncomfortable conversations. And I know that many people already have. And so I would say, you know, there are plenty of articles online written by incredible activists who talk about things that you can say to family members who comment on your weight, especially during the holiday season. And I'm sure you can link that on your Instagram and I'll link that on mine as well. But I would say start off by saying like, is that all that you see in me? Like, you know, is that really, is that comment necessary right now? Mm. The way that I look, is that something that matters a lot to you? rather than what I'm doing, saying and thinking is really like the way that I look, the one thing that you have to talk to me about versus everything else that's going on in the world. Like we're living in a pandemic and you want to talk about my waist size. So I think making it really apparent to those that are closest to me, it's oftentimes our parents but it can be anybody, but oftentimes with our parents, right? they grew up in a different culture and that's not to excuse them. It's just that we're trying to understand them as well. And I would say like read up on some of the really good comebacks or come up with your own comebacks. If you know that they're going to talk about you, start to make it ridiculous because it is ridiculous. When I meet up with a friend in a while and if I've clearly noticed that she has gained weight because I just know I can just see it. I don't have to ever comment on it. Just like if I meet up with someone and I can see that they've gained weight. I don't know whether or not they've gained weight because they're embracing life or because they have an illness or what. So of course, I'm not going to say anything. I might say, you are glowing today. Or I might say, how are you doing? Like, I just don't, you don't comment on stuff like that because you don't know what the purpose is for the weight gain or weight loss. I can't tell you how many times people write into me and they say, I lost weight because I was going through chemotherapy and nobody at my work knew, but everybody complimented me on my weight loss. Everybody complimented me and said, you look so great. What are you doing? Mm. And that is why we cannot make comments on people's weight. We can ask people how they are doing and we can provide a really beautiful space for them to honestly tell us how they're doing. But weight gain and weight loss conversations should not come up unless that person brings it up themselves. So 
I would just, I'll leave it at that, but it, I would just say, you know, like have some comebacks, prepare yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and text your friend all of the ridiculous things that your parents are saying so that way you also don't feel alone. And just know that, you know, this community has your back and there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. I couldn't, I just like want to add exclamation points at the end of that because it's so good. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Because yeah, it's like just the fact that we're in a pandemic. So why is my waist size even like a thought? Like that shouldn't be, that should be the last thing. But also like I have so much more than my body. Like what about my thoughts Mm -hmm. and my minds and my dreams? For someone who might be a little bit too shy, because I think a lot of people, unfortunately, you've been bullied a bit by mm-hmm. whomever it may be, you know, consistently talking to you about your weight. And so then, of course, you're insecure and it's very hard to be frank and open. I guess I would probably mm-hmm. say to just to add to that, if you're too scared to just say, why is my weight the only thing you want to talk about? Or maybe you're trying to avoid maybe an argument because it's probably happened before. I would say to just be almost like one up them by being a little bit smarter than them and just pivoting the conversation. And hopefully they don't even notice. But um, just like you were saying, I have read a lot of different articles online about, you know, how do you avoid this conversation? Because it's inevitable. People just bop their opinions in. Um, And so I think one way that you can avoid it is like straight up change the conversation. Just, you know, if they're talking about their diet or something, you could easily say, because I think that's like a trigger for some people. So I'll just use this as an example. Like, let's say they're talking about this new diet they either want to go on, have heard about, uh, whatever the case may be. You can easily just say, oh, that sounds great. And then yesterday my kid went and did that or just like, just you can pivot the conversation. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. people just don't even realize that you're pivoting the conversation. So you're kind of, you know, like in your own head, you can just I don't know, feel confident and Mm -hmm. smart and wise. And you're not damaging anything at all by doing that. You're just avoiding an uncomfortable and unnecessary conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing I wanted to ask you, Kenzie, is I wanted to ask you a little bit more about just like some practical self-love tips. Like if someone's just starting out in this space, Mm -hmm. what is something that they could do daily or weekly to kind of encourage them to continue because it's it, you, as you know it's self-love is such a journey self mm-hmm. becoming body positive is such a journey it doesn't happen overnight you don't you know see a picture or post one picture and then all of a sudden love yourself I think forever correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like forever it's a journey of mm-hmm. of really truly loving yourself just kind of like any relationship that love can grow and grow and grow I think it's the same thing for your self-love journey so what are some ways that people can kind of start their journey? Mm-hmm. Yes, I hear all of that. I love the pivoting of the conversation. I think that that's really, really, really good for people who also just don't have bandwidth. You know, like I'm just like if people who don't have bandwidth, like I'm tired, you know, yeah, and like, I don't want to have to go there. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, maybe with uh, you and Doug, like you, you guys are parents and it's like if parents are going to start, you know, harassing new parents or like parents, you know, it's just we're, we're not, no, we're done. Like, let's just talk about flowers or let's talk about Netflix or something, you know, and whatnot. So the tips about self-love, you know, what's funny is that everybody who's listening, I'm going to give you, I'll give you them, but they're going to be the boring stuff that you've heard about already. It's journaling, affirmations, gratitude lists, and meditation. And I'm telling you, it's like when someone gives you a workout plan and you're like really bicep curls, squats, like you see all of these like really extravagant moves on Instagram and you're like, but actually bicep curls and squats work for these muscle groups. Yeah. That's why they've been shared for years and years and years. 
Yeah. And maybe there's like the occasional person that, you know, won't be able to do a squat or a bicep curl for whatever reason. So we modify, of course. And that's the same thing with these guys. It's like, you know, why is it that people recommend broccoli for you? And it's like, well, it's high in vitamin C and fiber. It's like there are staples in the mental health world. When you start diving into this, when you start having self-awareness and when you're like, you know what, I'm going to dive into myself a little bit. There are core things that just work scientifically and personally. They just work. And it's meditation and gratitude lists and journaling for the most part, or some other type of reflective process that allows you to also document it. Affirmations. With meditation, what you're doing is you're quieting down. We live in a very powered up society that activates our nervous system quite a bit. And so oftentimes we spend our times consuming and it's very similar to, I make a lot of analogies to the body because I just think it's very easy for people to be able to understand, but similar ways when you consume food, you need to then digest food. Mm. That is very, very, very similar to the way that our brains work. We consume an exorbitant amount of information more so than ever because of social media. If you do not if you do not give your brain the chance to process and digest all of that, your nervous system cannot handle it. Like it just, imagine you couldn't digest all of your food. Well, you get backed up or you have problems or whatever it is. It's the same thing with your brain. If you do not give your brain the chance to digest and metabolize that information that you just put into it, it will become overwhelmed. So meditation works. Affirmations. Affirmations actively work against your confirmation bias. So when you hate yourself and when you've disliked your body for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, you know, your brain is like confirming like, yep, we hate ourselves so much. Affirmations begins to challenge that mm. just by you saying out loud, like I am beautiful. I am loved. I am worthy. I am going to accomplish my big dreams. And all of that is going to sound really icky and really foreign at first, all of that is going to sound like it's a lie. Like you are telling yourself a lie. Mm -hmm. And it is because your brain has confirmed for so long and has imprinted on itself for so long that you are all of these other things. And so it's going to be challenging, but it's the same thing as going to the gym. When you first start working out or when you first start going for walks or when you first start yoga or whatever it is, it's hard. It's really hard. And then all of a sudden, like your muscles get used to it. Your brain is no different. So that affirmations, telling yourself certain things, I am worthy, I am loved. It sounds really silly. It sounds really hallmark. It works. It works. It works. It works. Gratitude lists. They retrain your brain to start looking at all of the little things in your life that you are actually really grateful for. Right. I do my gratitude list from everything from like, oh my God, I'm so grateful I got this job offer. This is a really, really, really big deal to I'm so grateful that I had my tea this morning. And I say that, Jamie, with all seriousness, like I love my morning tea or my morning coffee, whatever it is. That moment that I make it is so like wonderful and sacred to me that I write it down in my gratitude list because I would be not as happy if I didn't have that every morning. And so it's training your brain to find all of the really, really, really great stuff that happens throughout your day that you oftentimes forget that's really awesome. So affirmations, meditation, 
gratitude lists and journaling. Journaling is really important because, and there's tons of ways to journal. Journaling just allows you to document your process. It shows you what's going on inside of your mind. It allows you to place your thoughts into a space where nobody's going to read. And there's a lot of freedom in that. It can be really scary. And there's a lot of power in seeing how far you've come as well. Mm. So We've got meditation, affirmations, gratitude lists, and journaling. I would say that those four are a great step for beginners who are diving into this world. I love that. Okay, so just also, this is like almost, these are just questions that I genuinely am so curious about. But um, Mm -hmm. so what do you do? Let's say, I'm just curious what happens when you now, you are yourself three to four years into this self-love journey, Mm -hmm. like intentional self-love journey. What are Mm -hmm. some of the things that you're doing now that you're a bit more, I wouldn't want to say advanced because I don't know how else, I don't know a better Mm -hmm. word though, but I guess more practiced. Mm, Beautiful question, Jamie. Yes, I totally know what you mean. I love that. Definitely not advanced still. I'm still just such like a little amoeba growing and um, (laughs) it is a continuum. Just like you said at the beginning of this, which I'm so glad that you said it, it's just like a kind of like forever process. The moment that I start working on one part of my life is the moment that I stop working on other parts of my life, right? You only have so much bandwidth to work on so much. And as soon as I start doing that, I then have to start doing something else. And so I'm in year four of this, I can say that I truly, truly no longer hate my body. That's amazing. I don't look at my body and I'm not like, damn, why do you look like this? Or like, why do you have lumps in these areas? And why do you have scars in this area? And why do you have stretch marks and cellulite? Like you would just look so much better. I really don't have those moments anymore. Wow. Yeah. It's really, it's, I never thought I would get to that place, but here we are in year four, I'm still learning my relationship with food. And that is going to be, I think, a beautiful and wonderfully hard, difficult process forever. But I'm still working on my relationship with food, but I no longer have certain fears around food. Like, am I a good person or am I a bad person? It's mostly just eating disorder stuff that has been around forever. And it's mostly like, oh, I'm doing something unconscious again, but I don't attach a morality to it. So it's not like, am I a good person for doing this or am I a bad person? It's like, oh, I ate past fullness again. I'm going to try to work on being more mindful this week. It's those types of things. It's not, I don't attach it to my well-being and I don't attach it to my worth. And that was something that I had never had before. You know, if I, if I binged or if I ate past fullness one night, it was because I was a bad person. It was because I had no willpower and willpower is goodness and it's a virtue. And if you don't have it, then you're not worthy. And I don't have that anymore. I think that that's really silly. And I've redefined a lot of stuff for myself. So, but I still do the gratitude list. I still do the journaling. I do the meditation. Um, I do the affirmations because that's what's helped me. And they've just consistently been able to show me stuff. And 
in year four as well, my journaling is very complex now. Like it's really, really, it's not just about like today I did this and today I did that. That stuff is really important when you're first starting off because you're developing self-awareness, right? You're like training your conscious mind to start holding on to bits of the day and you're inputting it somewhere. Now I'm talking about like my belief systems. I'm talking about my family. I'm talking about trauma. I'm asking my questions, you know, what would my life feel like if this one thing were different? And then journaling about that for an entire week. Um, And so the journaling is much more in depth, but still very active practice and still really important. And meditation as well. I like really, really sink into my meditation practices and they're not necessarily guided anymore. They're much more about being really quiet very, very, very quiet with myself. So that was a really beautiful question, Jamie. I'm so curious where you're at as well in your own journey, what you're working on, what you're finding that works for you. Yeah. So for me, first and foremost, I think it's so incredible that by year four, you can genuinely say that you absolutely love your body. You know, Mm -hmm. like you're not having that moment that, because it's not something that you plan for, right? Like I think Mm -hmm. everybody listening knows that like you get out of the shower and the mirror's right in front of you and you see your body and it's not like you want to attack yourself. It's not like you want to be vicious with yourself or have this negative feeling. It's instantaneous. And so Mm -hmm. I think that the big thing for me and my own like self-love and body positivity thing is that I have been skinny pretty much my whole life. And then I, in, after I had my daughter, I thought that I didn't bounce back, but I, <laughs> I mm. clearly bounced back in, in the quote unquote term of, you know, I lost the baby weight relatively quickly and went back to wearing jeans, I don't know, maybe two or three weeks after I had my daughter. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that they were like my bigger jeans, so it wasn't okay. But like, I couldn't try to fit into those jeans, you know, right now. I mean, I'm just significantly bigger than I've ever been in my life. And I always thought I was body positive and... I don't know. I never thought I had an issue with this because I was quote unquote Mm. skinny, but Mm -hmm. I have always had an issue with this even when I was skinny. And I think it's so important. And I'm sure that you're not at all exclusive to just people who are quote unquote overweight or have rolls Mm. or cellulite, but uh, even the smaller rolls, the skinny girls, I mean, they, a lot of times, and I myself, when I was skinnier was very like so judgmental of myself and I wasn't body positive Mm. at all. And I think I may have actually just like my appearance more then than I do now. And I think it's because I wasn't intentional. I would get out of the shower, for example, and I wouldn't even really notice these thoughts that I was having about my body. And so then when I gained all this weight with my son and I haven't lost it, it made me become more intentional for sure because I'm like, well, I'm obviously not going to lose it overnight. I mean, this is just entirely different. And also like, maybe that's okay. And I remember Mm -hmm. I I had um, the bird's papaya on. I'm sure you probably know Sarah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had her on way before I even thought I had any sort of body positivity issue. Mm -hmm. And it just so much that she said resonated with me. And I was like, wow, I guess like maybe I... I have my own issues, even though I'm not quote unquote fat or, Mm. you know, being body shamed for the way that I look, but I was shaming myself. And I think that a lot of skinny girls who are listening can probably relate Mm. to that. And every time I say a certain term like skinny or fat, please know that it's like quotation marked because it's all subjective anyways. And these are just words that are used frequently to describe different bodies, which I don't know, the PC way, I'm so new Mm. at this all. 
But so for me in my own personal journey, it has been uncomfortable. After I had my son and I was two months postpartum and still looked pregnant in clothes and I have more cellulite than ever, I posted a picture saying, almost I posted this and saying it almost to like give my own self-affirmation out loud, but to like, I have such a, you know, engaged following. And so I I almost wanted to say it before they could say it. Like, yes, mm. I know I have not lost the baby weight, like clearly, you know, but I'm mm. not going to spend the whole summer. I had my son in May. I'm not going to spend the whole summer avoiding, you know, my swimsuit and avoiding the mm. pool because I haven't lost the baby weight. Like, I'm just not going to do that. And and I'm going to say it before you can say it. Yes, I know that I'm still bigger and I'm bigger than I've ever been. But mm-hmm. so I said it almost first so that someone else couldn't say it to me to be mm-hmm. mean because I know that I, I do get a lot of people who, and I mean, even with me being quote unquote body positive, I still get like, okay, cover up now. And I'm like, but wait a minute, if I was skinny in a sports bra and a, in a pair of shorts, you would mm-hmm. never say cover up because that's like the goal, right? It's like the goddess uh, with a flat stomach in there. And it's just a quote unquote normal. But if I'm chubby in a sports bra and shorts, then it's cover up. It just, mm-hmm. it's it's just my eyes have opened significantly. And so in a way, I'm very thankful that I have gained, you know, more weight. And, and honestly, I know that some people are like, geez, I'd love to be your size because they're mm-hmm. even larger. And so it's all very, very subjective and it's all very like personalized. And that's why also I say someone who's skinny may struggle with this far more than someone who is, you know, 50 pounds heavier because, mm-hmm. you know, it's all so subjective. But in any case, so for where I am is I'm just a few months into actively becoming body positive. I mean, I myself, and I, I asked those tips of what you would recommend for someone starting out because I would consider myself for sure a beginner. I love how you said, this is like what everybody says. And I know it's going to be like probably annoying <laughs> to hear and, you know, but actually these are the most powerful pillars to becoming body positive. And so, yeah, I just really, really appreciated that. You know, I don't meditate daily. When I was pregnant, I meditated a lot because of anxiety. Mm. And then after I had my son, I just, you know, you don't have children, do you? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. So, you know, after I had my son, I just have really struggled with like mental health in general, like just depression and anxiety and finding time and, you know, just being exhausted 24 seven. And, you know, that's, I feel like anyone who's had a kid is like, yeah, you're preaching to the choir lady. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But so I I guess I feel like I've lacked in being more intentional with my thoughts. And Mm -hmm. when a negative thought pops up, like I was trying really hard to then say like at least one positive thing. Um, Mm -hmm. My goal was five, but I'm like, that takes too long. So like at least just one to counteract. And so I'm, you know, newer and just discovering Mm -hmm. kind of what's working out for me. And I feel like this whole conversation has been so eye-opening and so helpful. So thank you so much for taking the time out to share all of your, I mean, you have such amazing advice and tips and your, your, even just the way you talk is very soothing. And so I just, I really appreciate it. Also, you know, for those of you guys listening, we had so many technical difficulties at the top of this conversation before we started recording. So just wanted to say like, thank you so much for being patient with Doug and myself. And as you guys have probably noticed, Doug went upstairs with the kids because (laughs) they were both awake. And so I was like, yes, just go because you could probably hear Henley in the background. And that's just working and podcasting and chatting with friends Mm -hmm. via a pandemic. That's just what happens. And so that's life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jamie, I hear all of that. And I totally empathize with new mamas out there and the way that that shifts your entire life and your entire being and how you are 
not just you anymore. You're a mom and you have these extensions of you that are called kids. And, you know, you don't have necessary. I, I want to admit that too, that all of the tips and stuff that we're talking about can be modified to everyone's unique journey. You know, I'm sure there's someone who's listening who's like, oh God, meditation, that would be really nice if I had time to meditate, you know, or time to journal or time to do all of that. And I totally understand that frustration and that it seems like sometimes depending on where we're at in our lives, we might not be able to have access to these types of things. And so I just want to acknowledge all of that. And thank you so much for having me on as well. This was definitely a pleasure and I'm so excited for your journey. And there's so much more to say about, you know, thin women who never necessarily experienced really low bouts of self-esteem or never experienced necessarily feeling really self-conscious about their bodies and then something happening to then trigger that. There's so much to say in that that we'll definitely have to chat again sometime soon about, but this was really lovely and I'm so excited for your journey and I'm totally here anytime that you want to talk about anything. Um, just personally, I don't even mean on the podcast, but I just mean as like a friend. Thank you so much, Kenzie. You are so, so, so great. And I feel so happy that I, I just happened to stumble upon your page and I really, really loved it. And for those of you guys listening, Kenzie, where can they find you if they wanted to be able to reach out to you themselves? Yeah. So I'm mostly active on Instagram as Kenzie Brenna, and I'm definitely active on Twitter as well at Kenzie Brenna. Okay, great. Thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jamie. And I'm definitely active on Twitter as well at Kenzie Brenna. Okay, great. Thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jamie. Well, I had to take a break from most of that interview. Yeah. We record these interviews in advance and typically we'll record the intro and the outro like right simultaneously. But because, I mean, it's just rough, this COVID yeah. thing and working with kids and trying to connect. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Doug had to go upstairs with the kids mid conversation rude yeah but i really enjoyed the conversation and i know that you were very passionate and really felt good about the interview which yeah i just hope that you know i really hope that it helps you you listening i genuinely hope that it touches your soul and that like it just helps you like feel good and you get done listening to this podcast with a smile and maybe a little bit of a game plan on how to kind of combat the negative self-talk and whatnot i just think that I mean, I just know that I've been through that and it's the holidays. And then right after the holidays, you're supposed to like lose all the weight with your New Year's resolution. It's like, okay, let's just do something different this year and just love ourselves as is. Let's like, let's try that for yeah. a change. Well, again, really appreciate the uh, time that Kenzie gave to us and uh, look forward to hearing more from her and stay tuned for everything Hot Marriage Cool Parents. You can Follow us on Instagram. You can follow the Hot Marriage Cool Parents Instagram page. Yes, and a reminder about the giveaway going on. So if you are interested in getting the $100 gift card, you listening are the only one who knows about it. Yep. So give us a DM. Well, first give us a five-star review and then let us know that you did so. And give us a DM on Hot Marriage Cool he Parents just said, and you're in the running. He said dad, dad. I heard it. So yeah, so stay tuned to next week's episode. If you leave a five-star review, we will give a shout out. And whoever we give the shout out to, you are going to win a hundred dollars. Yeah. So we are going to give a hundred dollar gift card out for each episode leading up to our 100th episode. And we are so excited for that. We're excited to hear from you. And this is normally when we say wash your hands, wear a mask and get your pets spayed and neutered. <laughs>
Or that's the Price is Right thing. Yeah. Oh, Hendrix and, is saying goodnight. And don't raise dinosaurs. <laughs> Goodbye. <like us. laughs> we love you guys. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>